This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Episode 134. The Linda Jones Encounter. The year was 1979. A time when shadows stretched long and the unknown lurked just beyond the flickering streetlights of Didsbury, Manchester. In the quiet streets where the ordinary folded into the extraordinary without warning, Linda Jones and her two children stumbled upon a sight that would haunt their dreams for years to come. It was a night like any other, with the chill of autumn hanging heavy in the air and the faint scent of bonfires drifting in the breeze. Linda had taken her two children out for a walk, hoping to enjoy the crisp night air before retreating back to the warmth of their humble abode. But fate had other plans. As they rounded a corner, their path illuminated by the soft glow of the streetlights, they saw it. A strange, otherworldly craft descending from the heavens like a fallen star. Its metallic hull gleamed in the darkness, and strange lights danced along its edges casting eerie shadows on the pavement below. Linda's heart hammered in her chest as she watched, frozen in place by a mixture of fear and awe. Beside her, her children clung to her side, their eyes wide with disbelief. What is that, Mommy? Her youngest whispered, voice trembling with uncertainty. But Linda had no answers. All she could do was watch, transfixed, as the impossible unfolded before her very eyes. And in that moment, she knew their lives would never be the same again. In the thick tangle of the long grass, Linda and her children crouched instinctively, their hearts pounding against the cage of their ribs. At first, they thought it was an aircraft, its body aflame and plummeting earthward. A chill of terror swept through them, the kind that makes a person's life flash before their eyes in vivid, disjointed snapshots. Linda's daughter, her face a mask of horror, clutched at her mother's arm. The fear in her eyes was a palpable, living thing. Compelled by a mix of fear and an insatiable curiosity, they scrambled up the hill, the grass whispering under their hurried steps. There, in an ongoing a structure shaped like a crescent moon. But it was no ethereal dream. It was real, tangible, as if they could reach out and touch its cold, metallic surface. Linda felt an inexplicable pull toward it, a siren's call to the depths of the unknown. 
It was curiosity, yes, but something more, something deeper. They stood there, eyes wide, hearts racing, staring at this impossibility. It was like being caught in the most vivid nightmare, yet they were undeniably awake. Mommy, come back. Linda's daughter's voice was a distant echo, a tether trying to pull her back from the brink. Linda moved closer, her mind a whirlwind of confusion and awe. She couldn't remember the exact moment she approached it. Her memories were a blur, but the light, it was blinding, scorching, burning her face with its intensity. Never before had they witnessed anything like this, and never again would they encounter such otherworldliness. It was a singular, defining moment in the tapestry of their lives. Without looking back, they turned and fled down the hill. Their legs pumped furiously, hearts thundering, as they ran with desperation they'd never known. The night air was a cold slap against their faces, a sharp contrast to the heat of the light that they had left behind. Whipping around, Linda's eyes widened in terror as she saw the object gliding alongside them, like a spotlight in the night. Her heart raced, pounding a frantic rhythm of fear. In a surge of maternal instinct, she scooped up her younger son, his weight a mere nothing in her arms, fueled by adrenaline. Keep running, Lisa! She screamed over her shoulder, her voice sharp with urgency. They dashed across the grassland, a wild expanse that seemed to warp under the influence of the otherworldly presence. The grass, once familiar and mundane, transformed before their eyes. It grew, shooting up to an unnatural height, looming like green sentinels nearly six feet tall. Even more bizarre, it bent and folded upon itself, as if an invisible force was pressing it down reshaping the very landscape. Despite the terror gripping her heart, despite the surreal, mind-bending scene unfolding around her, Linda pressed on. The strangeness of the grass, undulating like the surface of another world, was the most bizarre sight she had ever witnessed. But fear for her children's safety propelled her forward, through the altered reality that their once normal world had become. Then, like a beacon of hope, the familiar sight of their housing estate emerged through the chaos. With Christopher clutched tightly in her arms, and Lisa trailing just behind, they sprinted with every ounce of strength left in them. Their home, their sanctuary, was in sight. Gasping for breath, they burst through their front door, slamming it shut with a resounding thud that echoed through the house. For a moment, they stood there, hearts pounding, safe within the walls of their home, yet forever changed by what they had just experienced. Once inside their haven, Linda saw Trevor, her husband, already there. His expression shifted from relief to concern in an instant. What's wrong with your eyes? He asked, his voice laced with worry. Linda, startled, made her way to the mirror. The reflection staring back at her made her gasp. Her eyes, usually so familiar, were now alien to her own gaze. 
They were red, swollen, almost scaly in appearance, as if they bore the physical brunt of their celestial encounter. Gathering her thoughts, Linda recounted the night's harrowing events to Trevor. In a bid to preserve the vividness of their experience, each of them, still shaking slightly, began to draw pictures of the mysterious object. It was a race against the natural erosion of memory, an attempt to capture the uncapturable. As Linda sketched, a chilling realization crept over her. There was a gap in her memory, a missing piece in the night's terrifying puzzle. About 90 minutes had slipped away unaccounted for, lost to the ether. She pondered over the timeline. The incident had started just after 9pm. It couldn't have lasted more than 10 minutes, including their frantic dash home. But now, as they stood in the safety of their living room, with 10 minutes having passed since they slammed the door shut, the clock betrayed a different story. It was now 10.50pm. Time, it seemed, had played a trick on them. A missing hour and a half that defied explanation. An enigma wrapped within the night's already inexplicable events. In the wake of that otherworldly encounter by the River Mercy, Linda found herself grappling with inexplicable changes that went beyond mere psychological impact. Her menstrual cycle, once as regular as clockwork, had become erratic. A disconcerting anomaly in her otherwise uneventful health history. Adding to this were the mysterious marks that appeared on her body, emerging out of nowhere and vanishing just as swiftly, sometimes within mere hours. These physical manifestations began to form a haunting pattern in Linda's mind, a sinister thread linking back to that strange, surreal night. Compelled by these disturbing symptoms, Linda sought answers from her doctor. The consultation took an unexpected turn when the doctor began discussing a recent pregnancy and subsequent miscarriage, a revelation that left Linda reeling in shock. She was adamant. There had been no pregnancy since the birth of her son, a fact she knew with unwavering certainty. Yet the doctor's diagnosis was resolute. Following a referral to a specialist, further examinations revealed scarring on her fallopian tubes, indicative of an ectopic pregnancy. This discovery plunged Linda into a deeper abyss of confusion and disbelief. An ectopic pregnancy was not only a serious condition, often accompanied by excruciating pain and potential fatality if left untreated, but it was also something she was certain she hadn't experienced. The medical findings stood in stark contrast to her own understanding of her body and her experiences. They raised unnerving questions, casting a shadow over her perception of reality. This jarring contradiction between medical evidence and her personal certainty only fueled her resolve to explore the depths of her subconscious through hypnotic regression, in search of the elusive truth hidden within that lost hour and a half. During Linda's hypnotic regression session, 
She revisited the night of the encounter in vivid detail, guided by the hypnotist's inquiries. She described watching the lights and seeing a figure standing next to them in a field. As the session progressed, her recollection became more intense and otherworldly. Linda recounted a sensation of floating and finding herself in a room, surrounded by multiple beings. These entities, as she described, were tall, with large almond-shaped eyes, and were clothed in jumpsuits. The hypnotist probed further about the being's actions. Linda recalled them shining a light in her face, and she mentioned a chilling coldness in her legs. This marked the end of the hypnotic session, leaving a trail of enigmatic details about her experience. Post-session, Linda expressed her struggle to comprehend the unearthly nature of her experience. She emphasized her grounded, ordinary personality, highlighting her lack of interest in science fiction or anything of a similar vein. The idea of such an extraordinary encounter happening to someone as down-to-earth as herself was baffling. She pondered the question, Why me? Why us on that day? Linda was firm in her belief that what they had experienced was not a figment of imagination or a mere optical illusion. The fact that three people shared the same experience at the same moment significantly diminished, in her view, the likelihood of it being a mere hallucination or misperception. In the years following the mysterious encounter, Linda found herself embroiled in a series of peculiar and unsettling events. One such incident involved an unexpected summons to a hospital. She received a letter requesting her presence for tests and examinations. Yet when she inquired about the results, the hospital had no record of her appointment or even of the doctor she supposedly met. Bizarrely, these perplexing written requests for strange tests continue to arrive, adding to the strangeness surrounding her experience. Moreover, Linda frequently encountered issues with her telephone connections, plagued by persistent line faults and disruptions, further compounding the sense of ongoing, unexplained interferences in her life. A particularly eerie episode unfolded in 1988, while Linda and her husband Trevor were driving back from Nottingham. As they navigated the secluded country roads, an unnerving phenomenon occurred. Their car's headlights began to dim, nearly extinguishing completely, before flaring back to full strength. The strange behavior of the headlights prompted Trevor to pull over hoping to wait for another vehicle to pass by so they could follow it amidst the encroaching darkness. It was during this pause that Trevor urged Linda to look up. Above them hovered a large, brilliantly illuminated circular craft. The object descended slowly at first, then accelerated rapidly, shrinking to a mere speck in the sky within seconds. Shortly afterward, Another car passed by, and they decided to trail it through the dark night. However, after several miles, the car they were following vanished into thin air. The road ahead revealed no turns or exits where the car could have gone. It simply disappeared from sight. 
With their headlights now functioning normally, Trevor and Linda continued on, yet they were unable to find any explanation for the other car's mysterious disappearance. To add to the strangeness of that night, they later realized they couldn't account for three hours of time. Another instance of missing time that mirrored the unsettling pattern of their past experiences. As the years have ebbed away, the enigma of Linda Jones's encounter in the autumn of 1979 in Didsbury, Manchester, remain a haunting tapestry woven with threads of the unexplainable and the bizarre. Her life post-encounter transformed into a labyrinth of strange incidents, untraceable appointments, and eerie anomalies that defied the mundane rhythms of everyday existence. The incident was not just a fleeting moment of terror, but a catalyst that ushered in a series of inexplicable events, challenging the very fabric of reality as she knew it. Linda, a quintessential embodiment of the ordinary, found herself entangled in the extraordinary. Her narrative transcending the boundaries of the conceivable. The hypnotic regression revealed chilling details, suggesting encounters with beings and realms beyond our understanding. These revelations, coupled with the baffling time anomalies, the mysterious vanishing car, and the bizarre physical symptoms, painted a portrait of a reality far stranger and more complex than the simple suburban life Linda had known. As Linda and her family have moved forward, the lingering questions of why them and what really happened continue to echo in the silence of the unknown. Their experience stands as a testament to the vast mysteries that lie just beyond the veil of our understanding, a reminder that sometimes, in the quiet streets of ordinary towns, the fabric of reality can tear, revealing glimpses of unfathomable things. Welcome campers to Campfire, Tales of the Strange and Unsettling. We are your hosts, I'm Ryan. And I'm Jordan. And now, the debrief. Ah, Linda Jones. Linda this is, Jones. We're back, we're back to aliens. We are. You know, I can't, yeah. I can't stay away. Um... <laughs> This is a cool one though. This like this has some I really enjoyed this one because it has it has basically all the elements that you come to expect in an in an abduction or encounter story, yeah. right? Yep. But it also has some really fucking weird stuff in there. Yeah, like, without a doubt. Some some things I've never heard before. Yeah. And well, starting with the shape of the craft. Yeah, so yeah, the, the shape of the craft is weird. So it's basically it looks like a crescent, uh, like a crescent moon. And it like the way that it's described is it kind of like warbles yeah. and they could see the landscape almost through it. So it was like translucent. Essentially, it was translucent, right? Okay. Um, I mean, that part's but not like not in the story. I yeah. really needed just the shape, but yeah. But in but like, emitting that's, light. That's the way my under, or my understanding of it is right. Okay. Interesting. It's very weird. It is weird. But like I said, the way that it's almost described is it's like, it almost like warbles and weird. I don't know. I, I don't really know how else to explain it other than warble. I like it. If you can get the visual of yeah. a warble, <laughs> then I think you can understand. It kind of like, 
like it's jostling itself around to move, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, but it's like the outside of it's like kind of like, like vibrating, whatever, and you can see through it. Okay. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, like a clunky vibration. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I would say say clunky, yeah. but it's not like it doesn't affect right. how it moves. It's still quick. And yeah. it's completely yeah. silent and and fast. Interesting. Right? Okay. But apparently translucent and warbly, though you can see. I mean, you can see the outer exterior of it but it's like almost like almost i think it may be like a mesh huh because the fact that it's translucent but she was so convinced that it was like physical and she would be able to touch it you know what i mean right um yeah so at first it was the the daughter uh the daughter is the first one to see okay Uh, so she points it out and then of course like and then the mom is like very like she's drawn to it there's something about it she feels like i mean she can't take her eyes off of it it's uh, she explained in like an interview, she was very like almost like it was calling out yeah. to her. I'm, I wonder how much of that because you sort of hear that a lot, right? Like in the uh, Travis Walton story, he said the same thing, right? Like he was drawn, True. drawn yeah. toward it. But yeah. I wonder how much of that is like sort of retconning their own experience. Like maybe they were just curious, like what the fuck is that, and they start walking toward it, and then later given like once they know what happened afterward they're like why would i walk toward like i must have just been drawn to it you know just been drawn to it right but yeah that i mean that makes sense to me it would kind of rationalize the situation a little bit more Mm. it's it's weird i i like that she said that when she first saw it she thought it was an aircraft on fire right yeah yeah, that was because originally. I mean, yeah, that's originally what they what they think, and that's why yeah. they basically duck down to this tall grass to like make sure you know they're not getting hit or whatever else, and to watch it. And then as soon as like it passes over, they yeah. basically run to it to check it out. It's uh, which almost gives like uh, it almost gives Flatwoods vibes too that they think it's gonna that it's something crashing, and they run toward it and yeah, realize true. that it is not something crashing. It's something landing. No, it's it's something yeah. peacefully hovering just uh you know just over the ground, right? Yeah. That's yeah, that's weird. It's the the shape. I like the shape cuz it's like the shape is weird. It's again, it's sort of like it's sort of giving Flatwoods vibes because it's a shape that I've never heard described in another in another experience. Yeah, to be, I guess, more thorough, it was shaped like a half moon, about 60 feet across, dark gray, and they could see the field through okay. it. It was still and silent, no birds or sounds or anything in the area at all as well. Okay. So a half moon, not a crescent. So Well, yeah, okay. I guess. Well, everything else is it explains like a crescent shape. Okay. So maybe half moon is a little bit of a stretch in that. Okay. I don't know. Because that was another another description yeah. of it, but everything else is describes it more of like a crescent. But definitely shape. not like a waning not like a sickle shape thing, right? Right. Like, no, I okay. would I wouldn't expect it to be like that gotcha. sharp. Okay. Yeah. So just like a sort of chunky half circle. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's still weird. <laughs> it is. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's it is still still strange. Maybe it was a flying maybe it was saucer shape, but it was flying upside down and that's why it was all warbly. <laughs> so, I I had read something else that said that when it landed, well, it didn't land cuz it was right. still hovering, but it hovered vertically. Oh. Instead of like horizontally, yeah. it ho- hovered vertically. Or what she assumed would be vertical based on what she was looking at. Right. Okay. But that was the only place that I had seen that, so I was I'm not sure if that's if that's exactly yeah. you know it that's but. interesting too 
Like that would that would be super yeah super different for sure. Because if you take like the half like a half moon shape and you flip it up vertically, that's almost like. I'm picturing something in my head, but I don't know what sci-fi reference it, like what it comes from. But like the sort of like okay. taller, more narrow, imposing like craft. Maybe I'm thinking like the the front of the ships in like Independence Day, right? They sort okay. of have these like yeah. tall, mm-hmm. like tall straight sections, you know, in the toward the front of the ship. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I th- that might be what I'm picturing. But okay, I don't know. That's interesting. Let's see what you're yeah. saying. Mm-hmm. And then we have to talk about the grass because that. So the grass, I I really like the way that that's yeah that that's explained is is I mean first of all it's you know it's pretty pretty high grass in the area but then as they're running I mean this grass is like it's yeah. like it's like it's coming up it's it's in their you know in their way they're like they're running through almost like a jungle yeah you know in a sense right um and of course a lot of it is because the way this craft is blowing you know is blowing the ground and it's sure you know and like it and like how it's explained how the grass is like it's almost like it's moving itself yeah like toppling over itself and everything and so really i mean it just really makes the whole the whole scene super super like just creepy odd. but also really yeah. gnarly it's, yeah i mean i would put that in the realm of high strangeness to be running yeah, through the sure. grass as it's growing rapidly around you. Like, mm-hmm. that's fucking bizarre, dude. Like, yeah. I, I mean, that, are we seeing, like... Not a, not a very no. normal normal encounter. I mean, usually, it's, it's usually crafts burn all the grass near them. You know what I mean? Not yeah. make it... Gr- mm-hmm. Are we seeing, like, some small-scale terraforming going on there? That would be right? pretty cool. All of a sudden, there's just a mountain yeah, behind them. Exactly. A mountain in the middle of that would fucking be pretty England, the English countryside. Yeah, yeah, right. That wouldn't go unnoticed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I just i I loved that because it was it was so strange. But yeah, that that whole scene though of them of them yeah, just the running, chase. like trying to. I mean, because this is of course after the fact. You know, this is after the fact of what's what's happened and her. Well, them their loss yeah. of time, which they don't know what at they the later time. recall, and then basically when when you know and this is only a couple minutes later to them they're like oh we better book it yeah and then, then all of a sudden this craft comes like basically alongside them and then all this grass is coming up and yeah, yeah. so it just makes for a really cool just a, a cool scene it's in the interesting story, in my it's interesting to me that it chased them until it got until they got to their their housing estate and then right where does and it go it was it was kind of just like i mean well, as far as we know, they didn't go back out to check yeah. and you know see if it was waiting for them. In but the does road. it chase them all the way back to their door? Like they're still see. I mean, that's my understanding is as soon as they get to like their where their neighborhood is, their housing estate. Uh, as soon as they get to like where that's at, it's it goes out of sight and they get to their door. Gotcha. So I don't you know I don't know if it just like zooms away or whatever or but, vanishes or completely yeah. yeah exactly. And we had a disappearing car. Yeah in the story too so I, I wouldn't be surprised and i hate when these stories cut off like that like they leave yeah it's always the exit that's missing i mean true true but it's always people trying yeah, to get they're not paying attention you know, pack up their shit yeah. and get out exactly yep. I mean, I don't know that. I mean, well, I think I would. I think I'd get inside and I'd immediately like be looking yeah. out the windows to see if this thing, of is course, still, like still in pursuit or hanging out. Like, who knows? Like, maybe they've got. There's like just a posse of you know alien dudes just in the road, like flicking some coins, <laughs> yeah, waiting for them to come exactly. back out, leaned up against the Rolling craft, cigarettes up in their sleeves. 
<laughs> you got the sharks and the jets. Never mind. That's sharks and yeah. jets. Yeah. You got it. I'm there. <laughs> Sweet. But yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> but uh, you know, like it, I, I would think like you would, you would immediately check out see is this thing gone but no i mean at least that's not not how it was ever ever explained yeah. in any of the things i've i've read of the the interviews with her or anything i mean so. they're in full panic obviously so yeah of course i mean the children were terrified yeah, of course like they were they were absolutely terrified and she's like in com- complete all but at the same time like horrified finally realizes oh i need to get my yeah. kids out of here yeah it's so. the thing is um the thing that I realize as a parent, I think, is that, like, even if the kids had seen nothing, just being a kid that age, in that age range, seeing your mom that freaked out would instantly freak you out. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Seeing your. It would let you know something's yeah, not right. Very few things freak a kid out faster than their parents panicking. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, I mean,. It's easy in hindsight to go like, why wouldn't you just look out the window? But like, it's hard to explain the the actions made when you're in a full panic like that, right? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Especially all that like maternal instinct. She's like trying to get her kids to safety, and mm-hmm. she's obviously focused on the task at hand. And and her her, her husband's right yeah. there, you know, and he immediately is like, "What's wrong with your yeah. eyes?" You know, so she's focusing on that. And then after she, like, deals with that, then they're all, like, drawing what they had seen to show them. Yeah. Um, you know, so, yeah, there probably wasn't a lot of time to really be like, oh, yeah, is that still Dude, out there? Dude, this is, this is something we haven't really talked about on the show, but there are a ton of UFO cases where people get conjunctivitis afterwards. Where they get, there's, like, a, I forget exactly what it's called, but there's a version of conjunctivitis that's caused by long-term exposure to super bright lights. Instead of, you know, the kind that's an exposure to bacteria. But, like, Mm -hmm. this is super common with UFO encounters. Is this, like, the red, puffy, fucked up eyes? It's like, and it'll last for days. This just, like, burning, painful eyes. And and I don't think that's came up in any of the the stories we've talked about thus far. I feel like we talked about it in one of the really early UFO ones we did briefly. But it's, it's way more common than has been represented mm-hmm. on the show um i would i would think so i mean especially like you're out there and this just massive i mean obviously this thing is you know th- those lights are gonna be yeah i would think they're probably gonna be pretty hot they're gonna be pretty yep. bright there was um so. i know two of them two super famous ufo cases that we have not covered that have that aspect the cash landrum abduction has it and the um oh man i'm kicking myself for the british one with the at the base at the military base the rendlesham forest incident oh yeah 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 yeah. that they they like several people in that one had had it afterwards but like not just if you think about it not just the bright lights that she experiences seeing the craft but during that 90 minutes of missing time who knows what she was exposed to you know what i mean right yeah, that's if true. If she was like mm-hmm. strapped to a t- let's go classic abduction, right? If she was strapped to a table and had like some insane bright light inches from her face for an hour and a half, like yeah, yeah. I mean, she does, you know, she does at, during the 
the regression session, you know, she does remember being lifted and then basically moved on to a table and everything. So, yeah. you know, I mean, she could be in an extremely bright room. Yeah. Uh, she could have that bright, like, bright-ass light on her face. Yep. Yeah, yeah the, the eyes definitely jumped out at me right away. But also we have, like we just mentioned, that missing time, that missing 90 minutes. Like, that's a huge mm-hmm. part of this story. And so she goes for hypnotic regression, right? Do we know anything yeah, about so who- she? performed the hypnotic regression i did not find the name i know that there's uh there there are the tapes or tapes or videos out there um okay of her actual session just finding yeah um yeah it's like 10 hours damn until okay so did she do multiple sessions because in the story it felt like she just went the once see and that that was that was my question too because i i had read that there was there was 10 hours of it so i assume it's multiple sessions but i also from what i was reading is they couldn't get much more out of it than was stated in the right. story like through everything they tried they couldn't get any further or couldn't couldn't go deep enough to get, get any more out to get of more her, details right? yeah mm-hmm. that makes sense it's some people are more are more susceptible to hypnosis also so like if maybe she was someone who didn't really take to it it might have been tougher to to get down deep you know what i mean yeah 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 for sure i find and so yeah that was... i find that with these stories it's usually a good thing if you don't know the person's name who did it because if it's someone who's making a name for themselves <laughs> as someone who does these right. they're usually full of shit Mm-hmm. yeah yeah we can't uh we at least can't you know also give them shit or yep try and try and pull that card at least yeah. i mean i think we're on the same page here but i have i personally have trouble hearing anything about hypnotic regression without thinking about bud hopkins right like he's yeah. oh, a thousand percent yeah he's he's the ultimate unfortunately he's tainted the whole thing yep. for me and which which sucks because i mean i feel like we would we would not know as many details about any encounter you know if it weren't for hypnotic yeah, regression that's fair being being able to like dig in and find you know these these like little tidbits and everything yep but i feel like he is ruined like my like my immediate like oh well if they could pull this out like they're going through this and this had to yeah. have happened i mean it's- you know i'm like well how much are they trying to create this for yeah. them you know, is this another another case where they're tr- they're in it trying to sell some movie rights like Bud Hopkins and yeah uh, Linda Napolitano Linda Napolitano yeah, yeah. Um, you know so it, yeah it it is it's tough it's tough to not immediately go yeah, there yeah it's I mean it's a bad apple situation right like it spoils the whole bunch it's it, it, yeah it, for sure it sucks sure. because it it's a useful tool you know what I mean like. And the fact that he abused it and abused it on such a large scale and so publicly and it's so known that the way he abused it, like it makes anyone practicing that look like a, you know, look like a fraud. But at the same time, we can't dismiss. Yeah, I try not to. The many because of one of the yeah. few. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's that's the other thing I, I also have to kind of look at, too. And I mean, like, I feel in like this case, I feel this is pretty legit. Yeah, I like that this one yeah, feels I think, comfortable, I think, because it's very low key. Like I said, like we don't yeah. even know the person's name who performed the the hypnosis. Like it's mm-hmm. they're not trying to make themselves a star, you know what I mean? Through it. Which yeah. goes a long way in my eyes. Um so also it's I know, it's not 
Like the Bud Hopkins ones had insane levels of detail that I feel like you could only get if you were like co-writing the experience. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, that's that's fair. This that's one fair. isn't like that. I mean, right? It, obviously, they they couldn't go they couldn't go very yeah. far, and that's like as much of the de- you know details we get. Minus, you know, a couple of really, you know, un- lesser important things, but, sure. um, you know, so yeah, I think that that also adds to the authenticity of that, you know, that for me. Yeah. Cause it feels more like a, it feels more like a real hypnosis session, right? Right. Because exactly. they, cause they exactly. had trouble yep. with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know they also wouldn't let the kids go through anything like that. Cause they were, yep. they were terrified. I know the youngest, the boy. He had nightmares for a long time about these beings yeah. coming and taking him in the middle of the yeah, night. Of course, um, you know. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty intense because we, we know that they also experienced this too. Yeah, and you know whatever they experienced right. as well, but you some know, version I mean, they of, were it. Part yeah. of it. Yeah, they're part of that experience, yep. right? I and we have to applaud the parents for not subjecting their kids to more involvement in it. You know? Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, because my well, one was—I I can't even remember the ages of the kids, but they were—they were—they were young. Was what well, I think the girl was um, like twelve, right? And then the she yeah, was like twelve, and the boy like seven was, or eight or something like that. I think he's around seven, if I remember right. I'm just, I was just trying to see if I could go back here. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, still very young. Yeah, very young to have to relive something like that, and then in more details of actually making it real. Yep. Um. You know, so Andrew was the youngest child. Yeah. I think that's a situation where you're okay that you're okay with the idea that your kid doesn't remember everything. You know what I mean? Like, right. They're probably better off not remembering. Yeah. Yeah. Which is another thing we've talked about with hypnosis, right? Is that like, do you really want to know what happened? You know, like, see, you know, that's the real question. And that's, I think that's where for me, I mean, obviously, something like this, I think I definitely want to know. You think so? But I think there are things that, I mean, you know, you should really maybe don't need to relive. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've, I've, people go through some serious shit. Yep. And to have to to have to have relive something like that, I know a lot of that is for healing and all that other bullshit. Sure. But at the same time, like, I feel like that's all it is. is it's, you know, it's bullshit to make somebody have to go through that, you know? Yeah. But some people also want to. They want to know what else. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, some people. What else is there? And and I I would have to imagine that some people regret going through with it. Oh, without like, a doubt. There's yeah. no way that Barney Hill wouldn't have had a better life if he had just left it alone. You know what I mean? Yeah. But there would also be that lingering Exactly. That lingering thing of what and I happened. Think that's I know something happened. He I mean, he was seeing it. Yeah. He just couldn't piece it together until the yep. the session. And I think right? that's what drives people to do it in the first place, is they they yeah. feel victimized by like the mind fuck of having, you know, a mm-hmm. chunk of their memory stolen from them. But how many of those people go on to be even more traumatized by the recovered memories than they were by the theft of memory. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's true. That's true. I don't think I'd do it. See, that's a yeah. That's a it's a tough one. Tough one for me. I don't know. Yeah. Like you said, if it was a case like this, I feel like I would need to know. There'd be there would be that kind of like burning desire or that like constant feeling in the back of my head of what what actually happened. Yeah. Like I mean, I totally. I feel like it would drive me. crazy. I totally understand. I like I don't blame anyone for pursuing it, but I I just don't think I'd want to know. Like that's absolutely fair. Personally, I don't 
remember large chunks of my childhood. And I think that's probably for a reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm okay with that. You know? Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that's... Honestly, I mean, you know, it, it's nice to be able to remember, you know, remember back and remember everything. I, I myself, especially as I get older, like, I feel like my memory is just gone to shit these days but yeah you know at the same time like i can remember very you know very far back and you know some some detail and everything but i feel like yeah there's you know like you, you know everybody goes through like maybe something like sure maybe you got hurt as a kid you don't remember it now but as you know at that point like it was like yeah, traumatic. maybe even like a, a car accident just something like that and you don't exactly. remember all the details from it because going through like parent you know divorce of parents uh you know at a young age not not having to remember like just little things like that like yeah i mean why would why would you want to remember and of course there are far more severe traumas that some people go through and you you know it's a it's a defense mechanism to to block those Mm -hmm. out to remove it so that you can go on right yeah so it doesn't stunt you emotionally for the rest of your life um i don't know and i Maybe I'm just a pessimist about it, but I feel like if I had an alien encounter, I I would be glad to not remember some of it. <laughs> I, I would assume that it was best. What if it was really cool and they showed you like they showed you like the meaning to uh, life? See, they showed you all these like cool things that like this is what you could have. Yeah, these are the things. Yeah, come to us, young dear. <laughs> Here are the <laughs> winning lottery numbers. <laughs> yeah yeah it's, and you don't want to remember that I, yeah oh, man. i know Why not? see that's the that's the other side of the coin is like if a, if you go back and recover those memories is it would it be like because best case scenario it would be like some it would be like uh it would be like a dmt trip that you are allowed to keep you know what i mean yeah like mm-hmm. and <clears throat> boy that'd be nice that'd be real nice so <laughs> see there could it could go both yeah. ways fair I think maybe it would or, depend on how I how I felt about it after the experience, right? Like if it was a generally terrifying experience already, I probably wouldn't push further. Yeah. But if it was like Or you find out you're like really curious and you find out they shoved like some massive thing down your nose yeah. and throat <laughs> and up your butt or whatever else, like yeah, you probably don't want to remember yeah. that. Absolutely. <laughs> And then you're just like, oh man, now I gotta. What was find that? Out I, what was that they put I in? Find me? out I have like scores of hybrid babies on another planet or some shit like that. Like <laughs> I don't want to know that. I don't know. The hybrids would be pretty cool. I'm I'm down with the hybrid thing. You want to raise 300 hybrid alien babies? Now 300, maybe <laughs> one, maybe one. Little yeah. Ryan, <laughs> little Ryan, the half alien. <laughs> Uh, It'd be cool. Uh, Campfire, the animated series, coming soon. <laughs> Starring Lil Ryan, the half alien. <laughs> Lil, Lil yeah. Ryan. We even just call him Lil yeah. Rye. Lil Rye. Lil Rye, the alien Lil guy. Lil Rye Rye. I like yeah. it. So, moving, moving yeah. on after... <laughs> after this uh there was there was actually some pretty cool pretty cool details um so linda actually uh revealed later on that she did uh she did have a strange uh episode of uh so she revealed that there was there was an episode where she had gone missing as a young girl okay um she apparently didn't think anything of it at the time other than her parents panicked reaction when they found her um, but after all of this came into came into light, she started kind of rethinking about it. Um, so she remembered basically she was playing in a field near their home when she was suddenly aware that her parents parents were basically shouting for her. Um, and 
which finally came to, and they told her that she had been missing for hours. Okay. And so, and she, you know, protested like, no, it's not possible, whatever else. She had never even left the field that she was playing at. Her parents and neighbor, but her parents and neighbors basically joined in a whole search party to search for her through the field on multiple occasions, se- several times. Okay. Um, on each occasion, the field was completely empty. Yeah. And then she was back. That's where she was found. See, this, this is another super common thing with alien abductions is when they go back, they realize like, this isn't the first experience I've had. Right, exactly, exactly. It's almost like and she. Uh, it's she, almost like they pick people as children, and then they come back repeatedly I mean, over throughout their life. See, and that's that's something we've talked about. We've talked about that quite a bit. Yeah. Um. I mean, like Whitley Strieber is a as a prime you know, prime example yep. of that. He talks about a lot of his encounters as a child, you know, growing up into adulthood, and you know, finally putting all this together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this happen. It, it happens. I think in most cases of abductions, there's been some some previous case of something weird happening. Maybe they don't remember it until they go through like hypnotic regression or whatever yeah. else you know they have to go through. Um, but you know that's when kind of this comes to light. It's like, oh, okay, well that makes a lot more sense now. Um, she also had a lot of uh, well, we talked about the the random random like appointments she yeah, would receive. Yeah, the nuisances and the doctors and yeah. right. So, yeah, we haven't talked about that yeah. yet. This um, this so, actually reminds me a lot of what happened to John Keel while he was investigating the Mothman stuff. Like, just constant nuisances. Just unexplainable yeah. shit, like hang-up calls and weird, weird like, um, messages that would lead him, mm-hmm. you know, on wild goose chases and shit like that happened for months and months after. I mean, some of that was, uh, was all... Oh, what's his name? God damn it, I'm terrible with names today. <laughs> Same. Um some some of that was Gray Barker. Uh no, uh, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, that's what fucking with him, right? Like, which is awesome. I love Gray Barker. But like he was like a bit of a prankster and he fucked with John Keel a lot after and during the Mothman investigation. Like nothing is nothing is similar to hers yeah. though. Like she had legit appointments she went to. Well, wasn't it they she would get like a and call that would remind her for an appointment and then she would go and they're like, We don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, and then there was another one where she was expecting results and they had no like they had no uh record of the test know, no or anything. History of her, no record of anything. Or the doctor that she'd even seen. Yeah, that's weird. That's like full Right. High so strangeness right there. So that's where we get into these strange men that she saw throughout her life. Yeah. These men in these these hats. Um they began to, to like she saw them at a young age, like a little bit here and there, mm-hmm. but began to crop up more and more as she started to recall these memories. Okay. Um she couldn't she could never recall like a direct encounter with them, but she would see them. Um like in the background of these just random random incidents she would you know she was starting to recall yeah um a lot of them of course that she had forgotten as she had gotten older yep and so that's where obviously i mean i think men in black most likely something similar right yeah and that's what i think maybe some of these appointments and things like that were were possibly maybe maybe her direct encounters with these men in black like gathering information on her whatever else i like that um yeah which is you know which is pretty cool i have to say quickly if you're super into men in black and you've like those stories just last week we we re-released an interview with christina the crescent hair where she had one of the craziest men in black stories i've i've heard 
that's like wrapped up in a time slip. It's fucking nuts. Like, go listen to it for sure. Go check yeah. it out. But that, yeah, I, I like how they're sort of like just peppered in. Like she's recalling them as she goes, and like, yeah. I mean, that's uh, that all the like a lot of this extra like notes and information I have is kind of just yeah. all over the place. So I'm trying to like find pieces to to yeah. <laughs> to put together. Um, I also wanted to go back to a couple of the incidents she had with her husband after the fact. Yeah. So there was um. So in 1972, her and her husband had went out on that that evening. They were driving driving through the country, of course. It was around nine o'clock, and they decided to call their local pub on the way home. Uh, so they had stopped or went to stop to to call him or something. I don't know why. Uh, decided to yeah. So oh uh, never mind. Yeah. So they they were they were planning on going to the pub. Sorry, That's I'm okay. trying to go. Th- I'm making sense of my notes. Yeah. Uh, so they had decided to stop at the pub, and they were at a traffic light, and all of a sudden the car started spinning, like started started spinning uh, completely. And um, behind them, like Trevor noticed some bright lights. And then all of a sudden, after spinning for a few seconds, the car went completely still. And then the traffic, the traffic light went green. And then a little unnerved, he put the vehicle into drive and drove off. That um, after they after they reached the pub, they found it in complete darkness. And when they checked their watch, it was after two thirty a.m. That's fucking crazy, right? Five and a half hours of lost time. Yeah. Another one was that three hours that we talked about in the yep. story. But yeah, so five and a half hours on this one, which was insane. Yeah, that's a big chunk. Yeah. There's a lot here. That's right. I mean, there's clearly, clearly lots of other incidents that this, this girl has had. Yeah. Yeah. That's the car spinning is, is fun. Really it's weird. Fun. I like it. Like, right. It's, Spending for five and a half hours, yeah, apparently. apparently. <laughs> That's the longest light I've ever I've ever heard of. It's the longest gravitron ride ever. And we have some pretty damn long lights yeah, here. That's true. Ugh. Um, it's uh five and a half hours. Five and a half hours. I mean, it doesn't doesn't compete with the all time record from Travis Walton, right? Like he I mean, lost yeah. like a <laughs> fucking four days or some shit, right? Yeah, but like. Five and a half hours is that's a big chunk of time. That's that's no right. ninety minutes. Yeah, that's it's that's pretty nuts. Yeah, it's um also that's another another sort of trope, I guess. It with alien encounters mm-hmm. is them fucking with cars a lot. It happens a lot. So yeah. I've, well, we had another another one out in uh, the the UK countryside. Where like there was that wall of green, like almost like, like green yes. gels they drove through, and yeah, which is nuts. Yeah, and they lost a few hours, um, right? Yeah, yeah, they lost they lost some time there yeah. too. Hmm. And so this even took place before this incident in '79. They like caused caused all of her her to start going. So this is, I mean, this is something that was that was realized and remembered after the fact. So like they were able to put this together, I guess. So they. They had this experience where they pull up to a light, their car spins in place, and then just stops. Bright lights behind them while it's spinning, and they lose. And then they don't really. They lose five and a half hours, and they're just like, "Meh." I guess that was pretty weird. A little unnerved. A little unnerved. They go to the pub. It's closed, so they go home. That's not thinking a whole lot about the experience, and then they put it behind them. I wonder. So she never explored those other these other experiences through hypnosis. 
Well, I'm assuming these are what came up during the different during multiple that they sessions. That some of them that are what right. they couldn't get into. See, that's that's the bad part is I've I've tried to search for the because from one thing I read is there were there was like video of the sessions too. Yeah, because this they were in the 80s. Yeah. There are videos of this, but I can't find anything. Huh. Interesting. So, I mean, I'm, I'm taking off of, you know, just yeah. li- the little articles I've read here and there that have added more and more pieces to the yeah. puzzle. Um, you know, and that was one that, uh, yeah, was dated before the fact that, like I said, I'm assuming came out after yeah. the, her regression session. Well, campers, if any of you have a link to the Linda Jones hypnosis sessions, please send yes. it immediately. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, I'd be yeah. fascinated to see that. I don't know if I could sit through. It better be pretty fucking riveting if you want me to watch 10 hours of it. But right. Like, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind a highlight reel, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'd be fine with yeah. that. It's just it's it's crazy. And it's like, I mean, those are the things like I want to know. Like, I love that we've got we've got like the Barney Hill mm-hmm. ones that are just terrifying. So tough to listen yep. to, but also awesome at the same time um you know that we can't yeah just can't find any of these other ones yeah. it's like all the fun of a snuff film <laughs> without the death <laughs> it's right. genuinely yeah. hard to listen to it really is like yeah it is revealing though it's like those those tapes had a profound impact on my opinion of alien abduction absolutely yeah i mean agreed and that's where you know that's where like going back to bud hopkins and yeah. hit the way he's kind of tainted that you know that whatever yeah. is it's important to remember that they're not all just yeah there for Swindlers. you know, to try and make a quick buck or right exactly yep you know a lot of a lot of these sessions are legitimate way you know legitimate ways of helping them uncover like this yeah this trauma and trying to you know go well relive it yeah but also uncover what happened. And a a lot of these, a lot of these sessions where they're trying to get to the root of a repressed memory, they're conducted by legitimate therapists. They're not just not, yeah, I mean, they're not just like random ufologists. (laughs) These are like legit, legit therapists do these hypnosis sessions for, I mean, it's part of, it's, it's part of, it can, it's a useful tool for, handling trauma right agree it's 100 alien, alien 100%. related I think or we not can talk like all day on hypnotic yeah, regression yeah. itself I know. Like, but yeah i agree so then later i'm still trying to wrap my head around the fact that the spinning car incident happened seven years before the main incident with the kids yeah i mean again I, it it seems super weird yeah but like i said that's that's the date that i have on it unless that date's wrong maybe it was 82 and not 72 I don't know. That would make a little bit more sense, but that's what I have, and I might be incorrect because I mean I'm I'm always willing to admit, yeah, you know, yeah. like or you know or or accept like I might have incorrect information. Yeah. I mean, these know? are 40, 50 but, year old uh, stories. It's it's we exactly, just piece it together sure. the best we can. So if someone out yeah. there has like info that you know could clear some of this up, please, <laughs> you know, feel free to reach out. We'll we'll talk about it. Yeah, no doubt. Um, but yeah, okay, so this this next this next thing that happens, this big thing with the the f- headlights flickering, right? Right. This incident sort of freaks me out a lot. I didn't think it would at first, and then <laughs> yeah, 
With okay. the dis the car disappearing in front of them. That that's the weird that's the weird part for sure. Like this car just randomly randomly disappearing. Because at first they yeah, they were having headlight flickering problems. Of course he pulls yeah, over, you know, as yep, any person should do. do. I mean, you know, right. Ride it out. May you know, he was just looking for something maybe they could follow and you know, wait and see, yep. you know, just to help help guide him back home. Um, but yeah, then they watch as this person just disappears. Yeah. Completely which is it's unsettling yeah it's a it's a little creepy yeah it really is i agree it's and they saw a craft right during this they saw something or a light in the sky that then like sort of zoomed into the distance yeah yeah so they because he like as they pull over you know they're sitting there and he tells her look up yeah you know and they watch this thing this kind of this craft like come over them and then zoom away really quick yeah and then at that point this car comes driving by so they're like oh all right let's go you know yeah um and then yeah it was all good several miles as they're driving down everything's fine and then all of a sudden gone boom nothing and when it disappears their headlights start functioning again right and then it, then they're just back yeah. to normal they're like okay well that's kind of weird so they're just like all right we'll just drive home that, yeah they they seem to dismiss quite a they bit they really do they they seem to be like oddly jaded about all this i mean yeah. maybe that's intentional it, yeah it could be <laughs> i mean as to after you've dealt with all the all the shit that she and they clearly have i think you know i could see myself maybe trying to you know maybe maybe become a little bit as well yeah. like i mean you might not want to you know, want to remember maybe it's that. the difference between like someone who someone who has just realized for the first time that their house is haunted and like the way you handle your house guest you know what i mean maybe it's yeah. just like because it's something you've dealt with your whole life you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's just like, yeah, this is, I mean, this is here. It's, it's weird, but it is what it is. Yeah. It's something you just, you kind of just deal with yeah. it. So maybe like, they're All just right. like, oh, another one. <laughs> right. <laughs> Again? Really? Right. All right. Well, God, second one this week. Let's go ahead and get home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's possible for sure. It's just weird to me that something so, cause an alien encounter to me is something that's so foreign, right? Like, mm-hmm it's yeah so it's hard to wrap my head around being like jaded about it being like meh it's whatever yeah yeah but i mean you know it's maybe that's the best way to be i mean we've talked about that with hauntings right that like the best way is to not give it all that you know starve Mm -hmm. your ghouls right you don't give them the fear and the or you let them know you're in control there's some of that too right like and they're guests in your home you set boundaries so if they're not gonna play nice and that's something i say all the time yeah well, I mean, like, you know, I, I'm pretty sure my house is hot. I've had a lot of experiences. Yeah. I mean, I can't say 1,000%. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, I, would, I think so. And so every now and again, I'll find myself, like, something will happen to me, like, hey, listen, like, if you're not going to, you know, if you're not going to play nicely, you're not going to be welcome. Yep. Like, let's get it together. After that, everything's all good. It's all hunky-dory for a while. So, yeah. you know, I I think, you know, just maybe a strong, a strong, like, assertive tone. And then after that, it's being like, oh, oh, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I need to have like crowd laughter, you know, here, here all the time, right. like a 50 sitcom. Yeah, a laugh track. Um, yeah. Right. You should just keep one on your phone and just play it when you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> so that reminds me because this week, um, our Friday co-host, Carly, on her other podcast, Death Becomes Us, 
they interviewed Adam Barry from Kindred Spirits. Oh, yeah. And he was talking about the very same thing. Like, when you have, when you have something in your home that you set boundaries with it the same way you would a, a normal house guest, right? Like, right. Like, mm-hmm. you set expectations, right? Like, if I'm sitting in my office by myself, like, and you want to interact, that's totally fine. But when we're sitting down for dinner as a family, like, we don't want to see or hear from you. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yep. To just be straightforward about yeah, it, I, I, I think it's important. I mean, just to just to have that out there. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's setting it is setting boundaries, but at the same time, it's letting letting it know like who's actually in control right you know i mean you know i i welcome you know anything that's still here like yeah we're happy to share the space yeah but uh but it's your yeah, space under under of course yeah. specific conditions yeah. right it's your space and you're choosing to share it yeah yeah mm-hmm. so maybe that's what maybe that's what this is maybe that at this point they're just like we're not gonna let this shit rule our life you know what i mean like when weird stuff happens we're mm-hmm. gonna acknowledge it and move forward yeah i mean absolutely yeah and i I think that's a that's also a good way to approach it too for sure so it doesn't affect you as much and maybe it also like lets them know okay you're willing to play ball yep you know they're not gonna go too far yeah you know maybe 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 at that point it's like what you're most comfortable with you know we'll we'll find out what makes you tick and what doesn't right and also just sending the message maybe we can explore we can play with the line a little bit maybe you know every now and again just play just the tip (laughs) just the tip (laughs) just the tip um and god you threw me off (laughs) 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 but no just like putting it out there that like if if what you're dealing with is some kind of like fear eater you're not going to get a meal here you know what i mean like this is just yeah like i'll acknowledge you but i'm not gonna let whatever's whatever you're You're doing let it overindulge i'm not gonna let it Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna operate at its whim you know yeah Yeah, i think that's healthy me too me too Mm -hmm. for really anything i mean that that can be said about a thousand different things or more yep people jobs uh, situations yeah yeah definitely just you control your life people (sighs) i think that's honestly a good note to end on i think so too well i think that's gonna wrap up episode 134 the Linda Jones Encounter. Thank you, thank you, thank you. From the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly, probably cryptid hearts for listening. We absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week, and it's your continued attention that allows us to carry on. We want to get to know each and every one of you, so please come and check us out on all the socials at campfire.tales.podcast on Instagram and Facebook, at campfire.totsau on Twitter, and you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling. And a special thanks to Greg Martin at Reverent Music on Instagram for his contributions to the beautiful music that you hear every week under the debrief. You can find more of his tunes at ReverbNation.com slash Reverent. It's fantastic, fantastic stuff. Go give that a listen. And that's it. Until next time, I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And remember, campers, stay weird and trust in the unknown. unknown.